be admitted after the guests check in. Tonight we're doing Urban Legends, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. some old stuff, some new stuff, lots of cool stuff, folklore stuff. stuff. <laughs> wow. Uh, we each picked a different one. Um, uh, Do we want to start with the movie review? Yeah, we'll start with the movie review. We got it. But thought I'd just let them know where we're headed. Okay. Okay. This train's got a destination. And the destination is Spooktown. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that is slightly racist. <laughs> I don't know. No, it wasn't Gooptown. That'd be racist. I don't like any of this. <laughs> Movie review. Movie review. Uh, and it's back. Boom, boom, boom. So, Movie review. we watched the original Friday the 13th, 19, 1980. It was my first time seeing it. It was my first time. Seeing it? No. Are you talking about yes, virginity? Yes, no, but also that, yes. Okay. <laughs> Thoughts? Um, I thought it was good. I mean, that's a really bad movie review. <laughs> I like the part where the movie started and then they were in the middle. It there was, was classic. Spooky and kids, murder. kids at a camp getting picked off one by one. Pretty good death scenes, I thought, um, in terms of blood and gore. The one where Kevin Bacon... Get stabbed from under the mattress through his throat with an arrow. With yeah. an arrow, yeah. it was it's definitely the, my favorite. Probably the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's after the wake of Halloween and people wanted to make more slasher movies in America because of how wi- widely and well regarded Halloween was. And then, well, it just made a ton of money. That's really more. It wasn't yeah. the reviews. It was like, wow, we did a low budget film of a guy like killing teens with like a couple tits in there. And like people went apeshit for yeah. it. Yeah, and you they got some money. You got this director who's like, I could do that, and he got Tom Savini up on that bitch, yeah, and 
God. Yeah, no, the, be and one the, of throat, my the throat slitting too is a solid throat mm-hmm. slit. Like it doesn't like a lot of times you see people get their throat slits and you're like that's just a head with like a fake body beneath. But mm-hmm. this was like genuinely slit. It, it looked legit. Normally, I feel like they slit the throat and blood like immediately starts squirting out. Which I think would happen. I don't know because that wasn't the deepest cut. You, I've seen like you know we saw a severed head at the end, but you know in like the half severings, mm-hmm. I would imagine blood would shoot for it. Well, when they slit her, the first girl they killed in the woods and they slit her throat, it just, like, was very, like... Chill. Was chill, yeah. yeah. It slowly came... It was nice. It gurgled out. It yeah, gurgled yeah. out. But I, I think in terms of, of gore, and it's talked about for people who are familiar with the franchise, the first one isn't that gory. No. There's a lot of off-screen deaths. You just yeah. see bodies after the fact. Like, the murders are... They're well done when you see them, but they're not... It isn't a gory-heavy film. Neither was the first Halloween, you know? Like, and even really... The second one has got a lot of gore, and then the third one gets way goofy. But a lot of the early slasher movies weren't that gore heavy. I mean, it's even Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's like not. It's not a gory movie in the traditional sense. It doesn't compare to Fulci or anything. Well, they also like that. he uh, Toby Hooper also wanted to try to avoid an R rating, so that's why they tried to cut out a lot of the gore. Mm-hmm. But it's it's funny because like as you go through the series of Friday Thirteenth, it just gets more gory and there's more boobs. Yeah, and it just gets more ridiculous and Jason becomes this like this thing that unstoppable force that kills with anything and everything especially with boobs yeah he's a boob hater hates ah. boobs he was one of the early uh, gay guys in cinema really no oh but, uh, but yeah so what what do you think rewatching it for your umpteenth time I, I love that I adore that movie it's like a warm blanket for me yeah like, so yeah. yeah, I feel like, you know, watching some classic 80s harmony, you know, this, this Friday 13th, this is nice, it's cozy, it's... Yeah. I, uh... That's how I feel when I watch Deep Red. Like, every time it starts and it's just like, this is it, this is my movie. Like, yeah, I, I and I mean, it. Ralph, you, yeah. like, the original harbinger of yeah. doom, yeah. Yeah. you know? I like that. Classy Ralph. You're doomed, you're all doomed! Yeah, I don't know much about horror movies, but I did really enjoy that. I thought it hit all the tropes really well. Yeah. What I'm learning. It's one of the ones that started the tropes. Yeah. Halloween, yeah. man, you know? Well, and it's interesting because, like, I I saw I saw The Burning before I ever watched a Halloween or a Friday the 13th to completion. And then I saw Friday the 13th 2 before I saw any of the other ones to completion, which is basically The Burning but Friday the 13th. Yeah. And so it was interesting to go and see the first one, and I know we've got plans for the later... But we've talked about, and hopefully we're going to do, if it's not soon, it'll be next year when the season's back, to go to Camp Blood, Crystal Lake, whatever it's called up in North Jersey, yeah. and take that trip and report back to you listeners. Yeah, if you're a, if you're a Friday the 13th fan or you're a horror movie fan, it is in New Jersey, and they do have, like, I don't, don't want to say it's like a museum, but they do have a lot of the props from the original movies, like, on display, and it is, I think it is a working camp. They should yeah. do a haunted house there. They probably, they probably do. do. So that's and that's the thing, you know. Being cool. September now, we got to look into it because I feel like it's like normally those places by November are like you know off the yeah are closed. But maybe not if they you know they might even have the museum open. But it would be fun to go. We could always go at night and break in. Yeah. Do a little B and E. I like that. Get the wife up there. Maybe I'll convince her to bang me in one of the cabins. Yeah. Maybe we'll I can get murdered. murdered. I can murder. Yeah. No, no, no. no. You have to find me. I can also, I could do both. Okay. You get to be Survivor Girl. No, I want to be Survivor Girl. Well, I guess that's really not up to us, is it? Yeah. Oh, I'm adorable. 
True. I'm going to make it. I'm going to row myself out into the middle of the lake, and I'll be safe there. And that's when we leave, That right? logic was flawed, though. Yeah, I don't... I disagree. She was in shock. She's a teenager. Yeah, like she's a woman. And more importantly, <laughs> I think that being in the middle of a lake is, like, the safest place. That's not true. If the murderer swims out to you, it's, like, that much easier to drown you. Yeah, but... Yeah, but we're not going to talk about the end of the movie. If if you haven't seen it, one, you're probably an idiot, and two, okay, well I just, haven't seen it. Well, that's not your fault. You I like <laughs> these people I don't know. Um, but see it. I'm not going to give away the ending. If if somehow you haven't don't know about the ending, or um, haven't seen Scream even because Scream gives away the ending of the movie. But um, just just watch it, and definitely if if you plan on watching them all. You gotta start with this one because it is. I mean, yeah, it's the first well, it's one. Well, like any good story, you start at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. And if you if the second one picks up right, like maybe like a year afterwards, I think. I think. Yeah, I think it's a year. And oh man, beginning of that movie is so good. Yeah, it is. It is good. So good. So all right. I'm excited. Yeah. I feel like I've walked. I've been walking down a really nice horror movie path with you guys as guides. Yeah. And You've I'm, been kind of going at it ass backwards, but that's out of our choice and not so much yours. I, we've yeah, also seen kind of a lot of these movies like, dozens yeah. of times. Yeah. Yeah. And Over, I'm a Giallo man. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing for me. Like Halloween was the one movie I saw the original Halloween when I was a kid. I saw the opening scene where he kills his sister, and I was like freaking terrified for I don't even know how long. And so I never saw it, but that was like the one movie I wanted to see of mm -hmm. all the quintessential American slashers. And, um, but like, I was an elitist for a long time. I thought, oh, Europe's a better place. It's a better continent. I only want to see European slasher movies. So like, I only ever watched Giallo, and it wasn't until the past, you know, four or five that's, years. That's why we were, because I'm all 70s and 80s, like classic, American. pure mm -hmm. era, American horror. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you were like, yo, let, let's watch this. Italian Let's watch this best. movie called New York Ripper, and I was like, okay, and it's it's all been history since then. It's been a crazy then. ride. I think though we started with Don't Torture a Duckling. We did. That was the first, which is a fantastic yes. film, and we should watch because Barbara Bouchette's in it, and you see her titties. Yeah. Mm. So a little, you see Bush too, don't you? I think you see a little Bush. Yeah. I think you see a little Bush. It's nice. a it's a saucy saucy scene with a preteen. Uh, way more than preteen. He's seems... like ten. Yeah, that's yeah. preteen. It, it's Italy. Yeah, and I it's a boy. Know. It's okay. It's different. I don't think it if is. If that was my sexual awakening, I would not be upset. That's molestation. No, no she, she doesn't touch, touch him. him. Okay. He just checks it out. And anyway. she's like, you excited? Oh, we'll God. Get we'll get there, guys. I don't know. All right. Now that is over. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So uh, who's who's starting this week? I, I did, uh, I think I did the last one. You started last time. You want to start us off, Alexa? I can start us off. Or I can start us off. I mean... I feel like I'm a closer, but I can be an opener. Do you want to be an opener? I'm gonna, I guess I'm opening. Open! 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 Your butt! You okay, so... We're doing Urban Legends, and we kinda... We're fumbling around for a good topic, and... I wasn't. You weren't, but I was. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, so I uh, I picked a couple different ones. Mine are mine are gonna be shorter than the rest. Um, and they're it was fun. I was looking on Wikipedia because I did my research last minute because that's what I do, and uh, I wanted to find stuff that I had either personal experience with or had heard and whatever. Um, and the one that stuck out to me first was the babysitter and the man upstairs urban legend. Mm. And uh, the 
sounds like a good porn too. The historical crime that is supposedly the the beginning of this urban legend is that uh, in 1950. Uh, let's see. Janet Christman was babysitting three-year-old Gregory Romack at his home on West Boulevard and Stewart Road in Columbia, Missouri. And sometime after Christman put the toddler to bed and before his parents returned around 1.30, an intruder shattered a window and attacked her in the Romack's living room. Although a garden hose left outside was used to break the window, police said the furniture and light fixtures near the window were totally undisturbed, making it impossible for him to have entered that way. Mm. This indicated to investigators that the intruder attempted to make it look like the house had been broken into, when in reality, Crispin probably opened the front door for someone she knew. Clever. Officer Roy McCowan received a jarring phone call at 10.35 p.m. A girl was screaming hysterically, and on the other end, McCowan heard the words, Come quick! The connection, however, broke off before the girl could identify herself. At that late hour, the test board at the telephone company was not staffed, and the call could not be traced. At about 11 or 1.35 a.m., the Romax returned home to find the front Venetian blinds open, the porch light illuminated. Both front and back doors were unlocked and the side window was broken. Crispin lay in a pool of blood on a shag carpet by the family piano. Uh, in the attack, she was hit on the head with a blunt weapon, raped, strangled, and uh, killed. Wow, hold on. Yeah. You really uh, went Several all small out. puncture wounds on her head were consistent with that of a mechanical pencil. An item what? Yeah, and uh, they say it was, uh, they thought it was a close friend of the um, Romax, a Mr. Robert Mueller, 27. But he passed a lie detector test, and back then they didn't solve crimes, so <laughs> they never charged him, and he eventually sued the police for keeping him for too long, detaining him for overly long period of time. America. Lie detector yeah. test doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I know, but they didn't know that back then. That was like voodoo science to them, so, mm. you know. But um, anyways, the reason I picked this one was A, because it actually had a real origin that was based in an actual crime to a point, and because I just recently watched um, When a Stranger Calls, Don't Answer the Phone, and are in, I'm aiming to rewatch uh, Black Christmas, all of which are variations to a point um, on this idea. And When a Stranger Calls was done with uh, Carol Kane, and um, who's in the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Mm -hmm. And basically, you know, it starts off, the first 15 minutes of the movie are the best part of the movie. And it's terrifying because she gets over to this fancy family's house. She starts getting these creepy phone calls. And they say, you know, the guy's like, have you checked the children? And then hangs up and she's trying to figure out like what, what's going on. So she calls it's the police. The exact urban legend, pretty yeah, much. Pretty yeah, pretty much. And so she calls the police and the police are originally like, ah, oh, it's just probably a weirdo. And she's like, no, I'm super scared. And they're like, mm -hmm. why well, is he threatening you? And she's like, no. And so he keeps calling back, and she's like, she calls the cops again, and she's like, they're like, okay, we'll trace the call, keep him on the phone. So she does, and then the police call her back, and they're like, the call's coming from in the house. Oh, How'd she even do that? How do you do what? Did they have two different lines? Yeah, there was a, a, a phone upstairs or something like that that they didn't know hadn't been disconnected. Yeah, that should just don't have. Everybody's got cell phones. Yeah, yeah no, like, I know. The call is coming somewhere within the tri-state area. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, they could trace it, but it's uh, oh, anyway. Exactly. So it's pretty great, and she goes to go check, and then she sees a man coming down the stairs, and she runs and opens the door, and the cops there, and then cut to the rest of the movie but the way it's done the sound effects the mm -hmm. music it's very suspenseful you you really believe you know and the, the guy killed the kids and most of the times in the urban legends that's what happened and i was talking about it with my mom and she said that like 
you know, in the movie, the, the cop says to her, like, you should blow a whistle into the phone and you'll burst his eardrums and he won't call back again. And I thought that was crazy advice, but apparently that's what they told girls to do back <laughs> when the creeps called them. So... Well, there's like a bunch of variations of the myth where it's like one of them, <clears throat> she gets the call, you know, go check on the children, and she goes upstairs and she feels something, like, hitting her face, and she, like, turns on the light, and, like, the kids are, like, hanging from the ceiling fan. And yeah, like, most variations of the myth, the kids die. Like, she gets, you know, whatever, the girl gets a call, you know, and, and it's, she goes and she finally checks on him, and the kids are dead, and either the killer's still there, or the killer's left, or whatever. But normally kids are dying, mm. and uh, that's a classy myth. And in the movie, the mm -hmm. kids are, are ripped apart by the man who's mentally deranged uh. from uh, Europe. Some from kind England. of sex maniac. No, no, he's just a maniac. He doesn't sex them. So kind of. Maybe he sexes himself. Yeah, he didn't. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> that. How do you know what happened when he was off screen? Okay, fair that's enough. That's a really good yeah. point. Yeah. So, anyways, I thought it was, it was interesting... I think Black Christmas, of the three movies I've seen that do this, Black Christmas is easily the most terrifying and oh, consistent. Yeah. It's like one of the greatest slashers mm -hmm. ever made. Um, it is <clears throat> truly a testament to the power of film and fear. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah, it's it really good. Ugh. And uh, so check that so out good. if you want to see you know, a visual, a movie representation of this urban legend. But you know, the great thing about all urban legends or most urban legends is a lot of them start with like a friend of a friend. I had a friend who got a phone call, you know, and then the cops are like, you know, mm -hmm. it was like my sister's boyfriend's daughter's mm -hmm. uncle's dog's wife, mm -hmm. like whatever. And uh, they always have this like air of like plausibility and mm -hmm. it could have happened. The other one that I really like and uh, still spooks me personally is the killer in the backseat, also known as High Beams, which is the urban legend that you know, woman is driving and uh, gets into her car or whatever, starts driving and like, you know, somebody's like falling close behind her, flashing high beams and whatever, and she thinks it's like a scary person, maybe mm -hmm. they're yelling at her, maybe not, and um, you know, what they're actually trying to do is warn her, but she realizes either when she parks the car or like the killer jumps out from the back seat or whatever, but at some yeah. point the killer attacks her and you know, it's a truck driver or whoever trying to tell her there's a man in your car or... The other variation is she gets to the gas station and, you know, the guy's like, I need to talk to you inside. And they go inside and he's like, there's a man in the back of your car. And, you know. That's the version that I've heard. And okay. I would say personally that, like, this one also still freaks me out to this day. Like, yeah. I think about it once in a while and I will check my back seat when I get in my car. Yeah, I'll still check my back seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing about, like, all these kind of things. And we talked about what we were watching Friday the 13th is... It's always, for me, the fear of, like, if I don't look, I won't know, but then, like, I won't know, and if the killer's in there, mm -hmm. I would just rather get stabbed in the back of the head and call it a day, mm -hmm. but if I do look, then I can be sure, but, like, imagine you turn on your back light, and then there's a dude in there, and he's like, wow, yeah. and you just, like, you just poop your pants right there, and who wants to poop the pants? I think pants it'd be worse if, like, you're driving, and all of a sudden you look in your rear view to change lanes. And just and see eyes. Like, yeah, you just see eyes, because... Yeah. You're, you know, going 40 miles yeah. an hour. There's, what are you going to do? Dude? Talk and roll, baby. Slam on the brakes. Throw the door through. open. Nah, maybe. I don't know. I would jump out of the car. But this this, <laughs> this whole fear in this urban legend, for me, uh, started with the, uh, the game Resident Evil 2. And in the opening sequence of the game, there's yes. a part where, I guess it's Leon is driving his yep. cop car with whoever... And uh, a zombie, like, pops out from the back seat, and then he veers off and crashes, I think, into, like, an oil tanker. And then the game starts from there, where you yeah. get out of the car. And, uh, yeah, it really, it's a, it's a spooky thought. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the other one I was going to, I, I 
I didn't print out information for, but I'm going to talk about it because I remember when this was like, I think it was like five, six years ago when people were talking about it, was the, uh, when they said high beams on Wikipedia, it was what I thought of, which was the, the urban legend that there is um, gangs who drive around, people drive around in their cars without their lights on, and people flash their high beams to let them know their lights and off. And they kill that guy. Yeah, then they yeah, kill the person. My mom used to fucking tell me, never flash your high beams at a car because there are gang members that will follow you and kill you. Like, yeah. in all sincerity, she told me this. Yeah, it's not true. There's <laughs> no, there's no reporting, in like, anything. I think about this. Every time I'm in the car with Mariah and we see somebody with, like, it's raining, their headlights are off or something like that, she'll flash. And I'm like, oh, oh, no. But I live in, like, super white bread, New That's Jersey. That's so, so funny. It's, well, and it's also, like, how are you going to kill members. somebody in a moving car? Like, what are they really going to do? Like, it just seems like a really dumb gang initiation. And the bigger thing is it's, like, all of this stuff becomes more real when, like, in our crazy news cycle that, like, feeds on terror, like... They, you know, somebody makes this rumor up, starts telling these stories about, like, they had a friend of a friend who did this, and, like, somebody tried to shoot at them or run them off the road or whatever, and then, like, some news media picks this shit up, and then they're like, new gang ritual, 60 minutes, <laughs> your kids killing kids when they flat, like, crazy Be crap. afraid of black people. But no, but, like, it literally, it hits the news, and then some concerned mom circulates a memo in her local town to the police department, who then, like, put out official warnings, and everybody thinks it's real, yeah. and it's like... Somebody made it up at recess when they were stoned on huffing paint. Yeah, that's so funny because I I bet half the shit my mom has told me over. I never even tied together until you just said that. That yeah. Well, there's no such thing as STDs. Another urban that's legend not, that Ben's gonna cover. I know that's not true. Wait, what? I wasn't paying attention. STDs. <laughs> there are urban legends that yeah, no, they're to not real. From having sex. Yeah. Mm. It's just the government trying to stop you from having fun. Yeah. And you can only get pregnant. If the girl's on top. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the girl has to be on top. I yeah. Know. Which is the reverse of what they tell you because they're like, oh, gravity, it'll like suck it in. Opposite. They work like a, like a vacuum. Yeah. Huh. They have to be upright. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are so smart. I know. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. So I think that's all I really want to cover. It's, uh, you know... There's a lot of lot of good ones, and there's one local urban legend that I think we're going to cover in detail, in depth, at a later date, but that's going to be a more research-intensive subject. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, all of these, I remember hearing, I guess the one, the one more I'll throw out there, because we talked about it earlier, was um, the urban legend that I knew personally, the one I grew up with that people talked about, like, in my local high school, as if it was real, was the the it revolves around the use of ecstasy MDMA for those who don't know it's a drug it makes you feel good have a good time <laughs> have better sex dance better yeah yeah they say it yeah. makes you dance better does it because what I heard when I was growing up was that a couple kids that were like friends of a friend they took ecstasy and they were coming back from a rave and they were driving along 72 and they saw a Smurf running in the woods. And they're like, we're going to catch the Smurf because nobody's going to believe we saw a Smurf for real. And they go and they catch the Smurf and they put it in the trunk because they don't know what else to do with it. And when they wake up the next day and they open the trunk, remembering there's a Smurf in there, it's a little girl. And they killed a little girl. And now those people are in jail. And that was Was told. it ecstasy or was it acid? It was ecstasy. It was told with deep sincerity. It was like the warning. And I'm like, I'm already knee deep in like 19 other drugs. Like, <laughs> if I kill a little girl because of ecstasy, like, that's, that's on me. 
never yeah. kill a little girl on ecstasy. Well, right, and like I've never rolled so hard. I thought somebody was yeah. smart. <laughs> I mean, we all had like our local drug ones. Like I remember, gro- like growing up in high school and stuff. Everyone would talk about. There's apparently this guy who took too much acid and um, thought that he became a glass of orange juice. Mm. And that, I've heard that one. Now I've I've heard from like a relative of my, one of my old friends that this woman that his aunt worked at this um mind you the woman was a little out there but she she told me that she worked at the psych ward where he was at and that like it like he wouldn't be close to anyone because they were afraid he like he was going to be spilled and uh if you went into his room he'd have to close the door real quick because he figured it was refrigerated and that he'd spoil and that's fucking awesome my mom one time took a bunch of acid and thought she was inside of a banana peel for like four hours. What was she just wearing one on her head? No. <laughs> this is another reason she can never listen to this podcast. <laughs> All your secrets, mom. Tell them to the world. <laughs> yeah, that was great, Frank. Good work. Good work. I'm sufficiently spooked. So, my my idea was that um, we kind of do this in order because Franks are the oldest. Mine's the second oldest, and your urban legend is the newest, and it's the most modern incarnation of like what Football. how urban legends yeah. Yeah, spread and you know what they can become. So, it, is everybody cool with me going next? Yeah, go, yeah. do it. All right. So, um, as soon as we picked the subject matter for for this episode, I I remembered. I think it was like two years ago. I heard about this urban legend, and like I dove into it, thinking it was totally real, um, but. Uh, have either of you ever heard of Polybius? Yes. I've never heard of Polybius. So, back in 1981 in Portland, Oregon, apparently uh, these arcade cabinets showed up in local arcades. Um, this game called Polybius, apparently Portland, it was... Portland, Oregon? Or Portland, Maine? Oregon. I'm sorry, I thought I said Oregon. So, um... You did, I'm just being a pain. Oh, yeah. okay. Wow. Thanks, Dick Fetty. So, <laughs> this, uh... <laughs> It was a, apparently it's a very um, plain. It was a very plain game cabinet. You know, no real graphics on it except the name Polybius on the top of it. And um, when it showed up in these local arcades, kids would just start lining up in front of it. Um, apparently, they're like kids were getting like addicted to it. They just wanted to keep playing, keep playing. Um, there would be fights about getting to play it. Apparently, and um, it would cause these reactions so you know it would cause these like psychoactive reactions kids would have amnesia they'd have insomnia they have night terrors hallucinations they get nausea and like terrible headaches from playing this game so the interesting thing about it is so when the way arcade uh, cabinets and arcades used to work is essentially they were kind of not rented out but like so what would happen is a game company, you know, they'd have their cabinet at this arcade, and the game company would come out, collect some of the profits, give the rest of them to the arcade, and then um, take the data, the high scores, see how much it was being played as opposed to their other games in the arcade and whatnot. So They basically, like, rented out the machines. Exactly. So the thing that was weird is people would come to take information out of these cabinets, but they wouldn't take any money, ever. It was just... Essentially, Men in Black would come in, they would collect information from it, and then leave. 
And this went on apparently for about a month, and then they all just disappeared. Like, just thin air, they were all gone. Um, so, the original post, the oldest post I could find about this came from February 6th in the year 2000 on coinop.com, which is essentially a website catered to um, old school games and information about cabinet games and just video games in general. Um, that stands for coin operated? Yes. Mm. Very good. You're a nice. big smart boy. <laughs> you got a PhD, don't you? Yeah, and being smart. <laughs> Pretty hard drinking problem. Anyway, so... Yeah! Um, and, like, you can find... Like, if you really, really search, you can find... Um, after, after this was posted, people were asking about it and um, talking about it. So the guy who originally posted it claims to have a... Um, working cabinet? No, not a working cabinet, a circuit board that had the ROM on it. Mm. And, um, but none of that could ever be... Substantiated. Substantiated. Um, the only actual screen grab from the game was the title, which was Polybius, which I'll, I'll get a little bit more into that in a minute. Was and John then, the paint? No, no, it was, <laughs> you know, 8-bit stuff. Um, it was... Polybius, and then 1981, and then uh, Sinus Lotion, which was apparently the name of the company, which is German. Yeah. Lotion. So, um, just real quick, I'll get into Polybius, what it means. So, there's a couple things that it comes from. One is a old Greek historian from ancient Greece. I figured it was Greek, I thought. Mm -hmm. So, it also means, so if you also break down the word, it means... Uh, poly means many, mm -hmm. and uh, bias means lives, so you get like kind of boarded out into many lives. There's also a thing called the Polybius Cipher, which is essentially um, a grid, like the Polybius box, where you can like create code by matching numbers to letters and everything. Mm -hmm. It's got all the letters in the alphabet in it. But um, Sinuslotion, which is essentially bad German for sense erase or sense, sense delete. So, like, like deletion of your senses, yeah. yeah. Um, bad, bad German. Like, not actual, like, if you were trying to say, like, sensory deletion or anything like that, that's not how you would say it in yeah. German. Um, the company itself has no trace. There's no there's no record of them making any video games or, or any game cabinets or anything. Or existing, yeah. yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no copyrights or anything. So, um... Back to the, ori the, the original article, like, stated that, like, you know, all these things would happen, and um, people thought it was real, and it ended up getting, uh, funny enough, the guy who owns CoinOp, uh, CoinOp, uh, it might be .org, but CoinOp.com, um, actually contacted GamePro, because they were doing this, um, this article on, like, yeah, like, conspiracy theories and supposed like urban legends about video games one was like that you could set off a nuke with a ps2 and like you know fun stuff like that and oh they, i remember that yes awesome. and they ran the story on it and that's really what brought this urban legend more so into light so and i did a little bit more digging a little bit more than i should have but if you actually look at the supposed screen cap of the game like uh the way polybius was written and, and, like, the font that was used, it was very big, which was not common for 1981. That usually, that came much later in, like, 1984. So, like, this is, like, one of the things that could be, like, maybe it's fake. But then mm. again, you know, government programs, you know, they mm. could have just yeah, had the technology and shit. 
So, um, a lot of people uh, who believe in the urban legend think that it was, like, a way for the government to test, you know, psychotropic and psychoactive stimuli and stuff like that, and that's why they're collecting the data. Mm. Kind of like a post-NK Ultra, like, fuck with kids kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, um, oh, crap, I can't even read my own handwriting. Uh, Pygo's, uh... Pygo 17, I'm probably butchering that, please don't hate me, but there was this guy who claimed that he worked on the game, that he worked for Sega, and it was completely not true, Every, like, it, totally people looked into it, yeah, and it debunked. was totally debunked, and Snopes did an article, I couldn't find the actual thread on it, but, like, saying that they completely debunked <laughs> it, now, I'm not sure if they were talking about, um, the other things that I, I, I found out about, but, uh, so there's also this guy named Stephen uh, Roach who claimed to be the creator of the game, and that he was he was he was from the he was from Czechoslovakia. He was approached by a South American company, and they said, "Hey, like help us make this game. We're gonna have it tested in America." Which none of that adds up. Like mm -hmm. why? Yeah. Um, and that it wasn't actually meant to do these things, but it ended up doing these things, and like no. he created this monster and. If you actually find the post, the original post by him, it's like, first of all, the whole thing's a one-run, like, run-on sentence, and <laughs> most of it's pulled from the original Wikipedia article talking about Polybius. Yeah. Like, the, the, and it, he was completely disproven. Um, so, the thing, and it, one of the things that I found interesting, and I didn't know about this from my previous run-ins with the urban legend, but there's this guy named Brian Dunning. So he thinks that he figured out where the origin of the story actually came from. So he thinks it's like uh Now where did you post to? Reddit or what? Um that's a really good fucking question. Hold on. Doesn't say. American Skeptic, I think. Okay. He's a producer of American Skeptic, and he's an author. Okay. Um so, apparently in 1981, uh, I don't know if you know much about classic gaming, Do you, have you ever heard of Tempest? Yeah. Okay. Tempest. So, I, I wrote a whole, like, opening chapter to a book about copyright and arcade cabinets, so... Oh, okay, cool. So, Tempest, um, there was some issues with it when it first came out. Uh, it was causing uh, photosensitive epilepsy, motion sickness, vertigo, and in 1981, on the same day... Two players, not both of them were playing Tempest, but two different players um, were affected by video games in 1981, same day. Like seizures and stuff? One one was playing Tempest and co collapsed due to a migraine. And the other guy was playing Asteroids, and he'd been being filmed for 28 hours to try to play, to not play, to try to... Um, Break a world record? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, suffered stomach pains and pretty much... Like, everyone's like, oh my god, this guy's being killed by video games. Oh, Sounds no. like he just didn't take very good care no, of himself. No, I mean, if you're standing for 28 yeah. hours straight, oh, he might have been sitting, I don't know. But 10 days after uh, this thing happened, the FBI started raiding like, different arcades. Um, because they thought that these arcades were involved in gambling, and this raid involved um, government agents coming in and, like, pulling off, like, like taking information off, t checking high scores, seeing if any of the code was, uh, 
tampered with or anything like that. I can, I can guarantee you that the FBI agents had no fucking idea what they were doing. Yeah. Like, and half of them were just like, I'm playing Pac-Man <laughs> until they call me back to base. Right, but, like, all that laid out makes a lot of sense yeah, as yeah, to yeah. where this could have came from. But at the same time, the story started in 2000, so, yeah. like, it could have just been some guys, like, you know... I want to. I want to. I want to make some headway. Yeah. And he was on coin op and was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna make a fun thing." So, it's really cool idea. I wish it was real. Well, here's the thing. So, this has such like this underground following in like the classic game community and even modern day community. There was a there's this uh, game company called Rogue uh, Synapse who did a. If, if you can look up gameplay of it online, and I think you can still get find the game somewhere, but they did their version of Polybius, and it's so Polybius essentially was supposed to be like this um, shooter, fast action paced puzzle game with like a little bit of math thrown in, and they made this game that's essentially it's kind of like Galaga, but like it's like vector 3D almost, and it's real pretty and like real mm. cool, and they like fat like there'll be like two second flashes of like consume obey and it's just like it's really beautifully put together and they did it under the guise of a uh, the name of the company who created uh sinus lotion i practice that name all day so sinus <laughs> lotion at dot com which i think is now defunct they don't have it up anymore but um that's cool though. so it's like an <laughs> indie like yeah. yeah and there was also um there's this game there's this like uh game convention um, in crap I don't have a date 2013 where a guy actually programmed Atari 26,000 mm. 2600 sorry 26,000 26, they've been making Ataris on yeah. their radar for ages mm -hmm. now well they're making a new one anyway really yeah That's... it's it's gonna be all like downloadable from the evil cloud but a guy actually made like Atari cartridges with like a Polybius on it. Yeah. And then this year actually uh, a guy put out a PS4 game that's both VR compatible and I've seen the gameplay for it. I don't I want to kill myself by playing VR. Super fast paced. It's like a like forward shooter. Yeah, it's all 3D and like but like instead of like um like all the other like fan made games, it's like you're doing very well. Why don't you have a nice cup of tea today? And it's like very like uplifting and pretty, but I don't think I could play it because I probably want to vomit. Um, and the game has actually like made its way into different um, pop culture things. Like there was a reference in it to it in The Simpsons. Uh, the episode "Please Homer Don't Hammer Him" is actually it's in the back of one of the arcades, and it only has one button on it it says property of the US government on it mm. it's, oh, it's like a polybius machine yeah. yeah that's cool and I think it I, I should have actually confirmed this but I I think it was actually in Wreck-It Ralph too I think there's a scene in Wreck-It Ralph where they have a polybius yeah. machine yeah and I, I adore that movie that movie's, yeah, that movie's awesome. so good never seen um, it. and then there was like a bunch of little stuff like it was in an episode of the Goldbergs but who gives a shit about the Goldbergs I don't even know what that is it's a, sitcom, a Jewish sitcom oh. about Jews in what the 80s I think yeah I it's a, it and then there was like a G4 thing that it was in, and um, it was in a Batman comic. I want to see like Morgan Webb pressed up against a Polybius machine. <laughs> Who doesn't? I'd like her to press up against my Polybius machine. Um, <laughs> I'm going to shoot some math on you. Is there anything else? No, that's about it. I mean, I just thought it was really interesting. Um, I've listened to some other stuff about it, and it's just like, it's one of those modern day urban legends that's 
it's cool because like you can definitely trace the origin of it. You know, it's like it's one of those things where like you can trace the origin of it, but it's still steeped in enough mystery. You're like, oh man, could this be real? Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it just reminds me of generally the concept of vaporware in the video game community, which is like. So, FlexLex is not, you're not the biggest gamer, can I say that? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, but for people like Ben and I who've been playing video games as long as we could hold controllers, you know, and reading game magazines, especially when, like, GamePro and Game Informer were, like, worth reading, mm. you know, shit, 20 years ago now, um, it was cool because, like, they would have E3 and they would show off whatever big games, or they would have, like... In PC Gamer, they would have a spread where, like, check out these, like, four new games that are going to change whatever, or, like, do, like, you know, focus on a theme, sci-fi, or, like, you know, whatever stuff. And then, like, half those games would never come out. Yep. Or they'd come yeah. out so completely altered from, like, what the original hype pieces were, you're, like, you don't even remember the hype or, like, what it is when it comes out, and you're, like, what is this bad? New console testing was, like, so famous for that. Nintendo did it with, like, the, they were supposed to put out this adult version of uh, fucking Zelda and it was like some, I can't remember which game I ended up coming I think it might have been um, no I don't remember but like yeah. everyone was real pissed when that game didn't come yeah. out well then the, the two games that are the most famous vaporware games are Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl and Duke Nukem Forever yeah. and like you know they weren't urban legends exactly because they were based in our like a real thing mm -hmm. but it was like what the games were going to become what they would look like and were they ever going to come out was like the subject of total conjecture that was all basically generated online and in print and you could follow the trail and i mean like duke nukem 3d was like the biggest hit of the 90s or it wasn't the biggest but it was one of the biggest like things and for us it was like a rite of passage to see duke nukem give dollar bills to strippers and mm. then shoot them in monsters of beer like yep. that was growing up you know that was puberty <laughs> yeah and i don't want to say it shaped me but uh it definitely, it definitely shaped the way shaped i treat me. strippers yeah. so but um you shoot them no you no. you're not supposed to but you can and but they you, become demon right monsters. right yeah you know that if you kill a stripper in a strip club like demon and like pig cops with shotguns will appear at any moment I and really it's just it's teaching kids don't shoot strippers right valuable it? life yes. it, it yeah, totally does because it, it 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 discourages you by adding enemies uh. it's a, it's a, it's legit but it's also, Duke Nukem's a strange game. They, they, they have many, like, opposing... You're, like, saving women, but then, like, they're also getting, like, constantly raped around you, but then, like, you're kind of, like, banging up on them. It's a weird... It's a weird game. Mm. But, uh, but Shadow uh, Stalker, Shadow of Chernobyl, which is based on the film Stalker to a point, which is based on the book Roadside Picnic, was, like, a game that was in development for, like, seven or ten years. And when it finally came out, it was surprisingly close to what they originally promised, but it was like a Ukrainian company that was like, you know, basically working on like selling pieces of Chernobyl to fund the game development. I don't mm. know that that's actually true. That sounds but, Well, but they did live near, like they developed it near the um, uh, Chernobyl and all this stuff. And it was like, when it finally came out, it was cool. But you could like see all the concept art and all that stuff. It's the same thing with Half-Life 3 now. Like, Half-Life 3 is so long promised and yeah. subject to so much conjecture like there's code that'll be like come out for a game developed by valve and then like one place in the code there's like something that like resembles half-life and they're like oh my god it's coming and then it doesn't it come. doesn't it mm. didn't come it's not coming yeah unlike so, me yeah i would but it's you know it's it's not exactly an urban legend but it, it borders on that like you know, it starts to become, oh, I have a friend who, like, you know, knows ex-developer, and he said blah, 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 and it's all this, like, rumor and speculation that's, like, funneled by the internet and, like, you know, massive interest that is 
all uh, you know in these like very specific pockets, well, yeah. whether it's I mean, or whatever. It's funny too because like you like modern day. <clears throat> what creates a lot of modern day urban legends now is creepypastas. Yeah. And I've I can't tell like the Russian sleep experiment. I can't tell you how many people have been like, have you heard about the Russian sleep sleep experiment? Like you know that's not real, yeah. right? It's just a creepypasta. Yeah. But like it's it's that modernized and there's a ton of them about yeah. video games. Like there's the there's the uh, there's one about like the like a guy finds a, a Ocarina of Time Zelda cartridge and like the kids ghosts on it and uh, it's. It's funny, and it, but it's it's interesting because like this is one of the few ones that I've read about video games that like seems so much more ominous than like a ghost living in a Zelda game because yeah. I love Zelda, but yeah. like this is something that's unattainable, and you know if you look at it at from like n- a non-skeptical view, like it's possible because like if the government really wanted to make this thing happen and then make it disappear. Why they would have done that? Yeah. Who the hell knows? Yeah, but they Maybe could. Maybe yeah, but, but they, they could. could. Yeah. And you wouldn't be able to find anything about well, it. Which is why all conspiracy theories, especially MK Ultra and like stuff since that, is always like has like they denied all that shit, and we have proof that yeah. MK Ultra is real and happened. Like, so there's no you can't believe the government on it. You know what I mean? But like, what gets leaked and what's real and what's like built up and all the rest? Yeah. Is, it's always this gray area of like, where do I believe and where do I stop believing? And you just always believe that it was an inside job. Yeah, I mean, but it, you know, it's like I don't, I don't doubt the government would do like whatever they wanted to test on us. But I also think that like, I mean, obviously, Polybius wasn't how they did it, but yeah. <laughs> they don't even need to do that now. Like, we sign away all of our rights online, anyways, and like Sony probably sells all of our personal play information to the NSA. You know, just. Because they can. I mean, they get hacked enough. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But we spoke. We spoke about creepy pastas. I think that's a perfect segue into it. Is yours, Alexa? It so Alexa. is. I'm really excited to do mine. Um, it's it's a really because it's the same type thing. Well, I'll just say that I'm doing Slenderman, who's like really well known, and I think it's a an interesting form of folklore and urban legend because it's one of those things where you can trace its origin and um, so it doesn't have that whole he said, she said, passed down for generations um, but it like, and I'll get into it here um, I'll just say it now that like a lot of scholars consider Slenderman to be a legitimate form of folklore um, even though you can trace it and even though it is in public domain there is a guy that like owns the rights to Slenderman um, because it, it meets three criteria of good folklore which is collectivity so like Slenderman is was essentially created by a collective like it started in this one place but then merged in all these different forms uh variability which means the story changes depending on who's telling it and performance which is the narrative changes based off who it's being told to who's performing it um which is really interesting about all folklore that it meets those criteria but Slenderman um was created and it can be traced back on June 10th, 2009, on a thread in the Something Awful Internet Forum. And it was a contest in which users yeah. were challenged to edit everyday photographs to appear paranormal. Um, so it was posted by this guy, Eric Nudson? K-N-U-D-S-E-N. Nudson, would you yeah. say that? Um, so, basically, he posted um, a picture, and it had like some children playing in a playground and there's woods in the background and then in the background you can see this really tall thin man wearing um a suit and a tie a dark suit and a tie um can i jump in real quick yeah so i just want to say it's funny to me because when slender man started 
Um, I'm not on this something off of forums. They're one of the few forums online like you have to, not one of the few, but one of the more prominent ones you have to pay to be a part mm-hmm. of. You have to pay monthly dues for their server costs. But I've been reading something awful since like, remember 2004 yeah and so they have what they call photoshop friday every friday where they have a theme yep. and it starts on the forum and then like people are given an assignment and then they pick the best images that are posted from the forum threads onto the main thing and so like when Slenderman started like i saw that picture like and so it didn't mean anything to me because it wasn't like a thing yeah. yet and then it built into this whole thing and i was like when it finally came back to him like Oh holy shit! This is from something yeah. awful. Yeah, like, it was crazy to me. Yeah, it's and a- and like their Photoshop Friday stuff. Like if you're not familiar with something awful, their main website is like completely available to everybody. It is hilarious and it's in bad taste, which is like always even better. That's us. Yeah, and so <laughs> like they the the best they have they do a lot of stuff about nine eleven and they do um, uh, a lot of stuff about World War Two. So if you're offended by like Nazi stuff or like people dying on nine eleven. Don't check it out, maybe. But if you're not and you have a sense of humor, they've got a great one of combining Star Wars, um, like gifts from Star Wars with the towers falling. So there's one where it's like Luke shoots the proton torpedoes and it goes into the thing <laughs> and then the towers collapse. Mm. Like, and then there's other other ones with Pokemon and World War Two. Harry Potter. The Harry Potter one's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. The my favorite is the Pokemon where it's coughing and it's like him and the, it's a picture from inside Auschwitz and it's you know. It's, <laughs> But yeah, no, it's you really, said that to me. Yes, yes, yeah. I have, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. but it's definitely a website that, like, if you're if you're willing to, you know, check your um, human compassion at the door, there's a lot of easy laughs to have, and they also do a lot of great sci-fi throwback stuff in movie posters, well, like Dune. And my my first experience with Slender because I I wasn't on like something awful until years after, like a couple years after I, I found out about Slenderman. Um, I was at Comic-Con about five years ago in New York, and I just so happened to meet some girl on the bus, and she wanted to come, and I kept seeing these dudes in, in suits with, like, the morph suits on, with, yeah. like, no facial features and everything, yeah. and, like, I met, like, I asked the girl I was with, I was like, what is this about? And she's like, oh, you don't know about Slender Man? She was younger than I was, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm pretty, pretty <laughs> lady, so I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I totally, like, yeah, no, I, I, know what, I know what Slender Man is, and... They had to do a ton of research it's the, night, not the night of old at all. It's it's eight years old. Yeah. Um and it's crazy how much it has mushroomed in this huge thing in that amount of time. Tell us about it. But essentially fictional supernatural character. Um so the stories the horror stories and there's a lot of like normal I mean, there's a lot of erotic fan fiction I've learned. Yeah, there is. That last podcast on the last if you check out their newest creepypasta episode, they read a lot of Slenderman Erotica. Which is great, great, wonderful, and great. But he's his stories feature him stalking, abducting, traumatizing people, particularly <laughs> children. So yeah. Um, so basically, he posts these two photos, and he posts captions under each one of them. And I have one of the captions here. Um, and basically, like these captions transform this photo into Slenderman fan fiction. Like without the captions, I don't know what would have happened, but nothing. So he puts one of the captions, um, one is, I can't remember what the one said, but this one really stuck out to me. Um, so this is it, quote, one of two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library blaze, notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanished and for what is referred to as the Slenderman, uh, from what is referred to as the Slenderman. Deformity cited as film defects by officials. Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. 
it says, 1986, photographer Mary Thomas, missing since June 13th, 1986. You know what that sounds like? What? And I'm currently reading it, and if you haven't seen the movie, see the movie. It's so good. But it sounds like it. It sounds like the the backstory of it, where, you know, there was all these disasters in mm -hmm. Derry, and then, like, all these ki children disappearances. Mm -hmm. So, like, I wonder if that, that was, like, one of the things where, like, the author, like, drew some inspiration from. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. probably. But, like, overnight, it, it immediately became this thing. And, um, so, because it's, uh, turned into, like, mythology, it's evolved into, like, all these different things. Um, his appearance, his motives, his habits, and his abilities are not fixed, but they change upon the storyteller. So it's like, depending on what you're reading, he kidnaps children and kills them, or he takes them back to his mansion. Um, and mm, like, sounds like a good time to make. Yeah, yeah, or he like uh, makes them proxies to do his work for him. And so it's like vampires, where like, or Michael Jackson who's telling the story about the vampire. The vampire has different abilities. Mm. Yeah, or yeah. it's Michael Jackson. Yeah. Sure, that too. He's got a ton um, of abilities. So as com a commonly described as very tall, with thin, unnaturally long tentacle-like arms, King of Pop. which can extend to intimidate or capture prey. Uh, his face is white and featureless, but occasionally his face appears uh, differently to everyone who sees it. Tentacles, eh? We can't, well, that ties into our back. last <laughs> episode. Uh, wears a dark suit and a tie, uh, often associated with the forest and or abandoned locations, and he can teleport. Um, and he targets children, mm -hmm. or mostly young adults. Um, and the interesting thing is that in almost across the board in Slenderman fiction... Um, they never explain exact. They never get into the gory details of how he kills anyone, which sort of like keeps the mystery and creepy or alive. Like these people disappear and he takes them, and we don't know. We really don't know if he's killing them or what he's doing. It's kind of like mortician, where like maybe he's taking them to like some alternate dimension, you know? Yeah. Well, he, yeah, it's that's exactly a good point. Phantasm. I'm sorry. Yep. Mortician <laughs> from phantasm. Yeah. Um, I thought that's well, they they refer to him. Well, it's, they refer to him as the tall man. Yeah. In it, so yeah, there you go. I'm sure because the people on something awful, like they have a most of the the best stuff, at least to my taste, is always harkens back to classic horror and classic sci-fi. Mm -hmm. So it would not shock me that like this is an amalgam of phantasm, it, and every other kind of creepy right. Albert yeah. Fish, the Gray Man, you know? Yeah. The tall, gray, tentacled. I mean, it's got a little hentai in there. It's I'm, a, I'm aroused. It's a great, like, it's just, Brand is so well, just slender, man. Yeah. Like, it's, everything is there. Like, I think that's part of what and, makes the urban legend so awesome, which is that it, it's, this, it's like, got, like, three fixed variables, like, basically. Like, he's in the woods, he's this tall, thin man, and uh, he mostly targets children. And then, like, from there, you build these fantasies around him, um... Closeness to the Slender Man can trigger Slender Sickness, which is paranoia, nightmares, and delusions with nosebleeds. So he's made of cocaine. Yeah, yes. I was going to say, it sounds a lot like cocaine psychosis, yes. but I'm not a doctor. Um, I am a cokehead. So Slender Man <laughs> really, really hit its peak in 2014. And how I first heard about Slender Man is I listened to this other podcast called True Crime Garage that does like insanely in-depth investigative research on cases. They do two episodes a week. They're each like an hour long. And they covered the stabbing mm. um, that happened May 31st, 2014 in, I'm going to butcher this, Waukesha, Waukesha, Wisconsin? Um, Waukesha. Waukesha, maybe? Um, so essentially two 12-year-old girls, Anissa, Anissa Wire and Morgan Geyser, 
um, they, they're having a sleepover with their friend Peyton Lautner, and um, they, like, sleep over the night before, and then they, like, are, like, we're gonna go to the park and hang out, and they, like, walk down to the park, and you're, they're, like, walking through the woods, and Anissa turns on Peyton and stabs her 19 times. <laughs> um, so this is classic. two 12-year-old girls attacking another 12-year-old girl, and so basically they leave her for dead in the woods um, and start walking into the woods, and, like, this is, like, the thing, these were not, like, the Appalachian Mountains. Like, this no, was, like, yeah. woods behind a Walmart. So, like, I don't know what was going on. Um, but they just start walking into the woods where they hoped they would join Slender Man in his mansion. Um, and Peyton, luckily, she's able to crawl out of the woods to the street. And so they, they did it to sacrifice. Yeah, so they thought um, if they killed Peyton, and there's two different stories of this. So it's, it's actually pretty interesting because when I was looking up this case, um, Anissa... I think today or yesterday, um, was, uh, being found mentally competent to stand trial. What? Yeah, so that's happening, like, right now, um, because essentially when she was first interviewed, there's two stories. One is they wanted to kill her to sacrifice her to go join Slenderman in his mansion and right. like, live with him, and then the story has changed over the years where Anissa basically said, um, I was afraid that Slenderman was going to come and kill yeah. my whole family if I didn't do this. Um, which doesn't really add up, because, like, oh. why would you want to go join him then in the mansion? Um, but uh, she also, when she was immediately picked up, also said she was, like, having conversations with Voldemort, and she was talking to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so, like... Yeah, for so her, her I, if, you, if you haven't watched the documentary Beware the Slender Man from HBO, it's phenomenal. Really, really good. And they, they have the actual footage of, like, a bunch of the interviews with the girls and everything. And her father is schizophrenic. Mm. So they didn't even know that she had, you know, it was passed down, you know, to her. And, um, but, like, it's really eerie because, like, there's a lot of people who think that she's not that crazy. And yeah. that, like, she, because, like, you, you watch the documentary and um, the one of the officers is talking to her. And uh, he mentions the girl got stabbed and she's like, uh, did she die? And he's like, oh, no, uh, well, you know, she's at the hospital right now. And she's like, oh. Like, yeah. seems very turned off by the situation all of yeah. a sudden. And, like, so, like, it's one of those things where, like, you yeah. can't really be in her mind. So, like, you don't know if she's a true psychopath yeah. or, like, really had, you know, this severe mental disability. Yeah. You remember the 90s when people used to just sacrifice people to Satan, you know, the good old that days? They talked about that a lot, happened. but, yeah, that it's wasn't... satanic panic of the 80s I know, also. but, like... <sighs> like never happened um no, but it's it's super interesting and and um yeah when i googled it and was looking at the case like literally it was like three hours ago they had just posted on the fact that she was going to be found mentally uh stable to hand trial and stuff like that her accomplice morgan geyser like pleaded down um and is getting some lesser term because she didn't do the actual stabbing um but there's a but bunch she's of 12 right well, not anymore now. Well, but I mean, they were 12 at the time. 12 yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're not going to try them as adults. Like, they're, they're going to just no. be in juvie or psych wards for, like, a long-ass time. Yeah, and Peyton lived. She didn't die. No, I know. But, I mean, so. even if she died, like, you're not... You can't go to jail forever as a kid. Yeah. Like, it's super rare. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And the, the girls were white? They were white. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. So there's a few other incidents. She's gonna be in like some trashy fucking reality show in five years, and it's gonna be hot, and she'll probably do porn. Yeah. Well, so that was stay posted. You know, I'm not even gonna talk about. It cause <laughs> I can't remember the girl's name, but there will. 
Amanda Knox, the killer? No, 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 no. There was this girl who, like, she was, like, 13 at the time. Her boyfriend was, like, a full-on adult and convinced uh, convinced her that they should go back and murder her whole family. Yeah. And she's, like, out and going to college now. Yeah. Like, killed, killed her, her little, little brother. brother. Yeah, I remember that. Infant. Yeah. Um, so a few other incidents related to Slenderman. Um... So after hearing about the stabbing, an unidentified woman from... And I don't know how much I feel about... These can just be parents that are, like, like my... Like, it's because of the Slenderman fiction. Yeah, the Slenderman! They're just bad parents, and their kids are crazy. Um, but an unidentified woman from Ohio told a TV reporter that her 13-year-old daughter had attacked her with a knife um, and was also writing some macabre fiction involving Slenderman. Um, and the mom was like, that's what motivated the attack, but... Again. Yeah, like, and mom say all sorts of shit. I do. And this was another Eat your one. broccoli. Like, really? Yeah, bitch. Like, you know my life. Yeah, fuck you. Um, so September 4th, 2014, a 14-year-old girl in Port Ritchie, Florida, allegedly set her family's house on fire with her mother and Sick. nine-year-old brother inside. Um, police reported that the teenager had been reading online stories about Slenderman. Um, but, like, I feel like none of that ties together because, like, these are just, like, crazy it's, kids. Well, and, and again, it's, like, the classic, like, he listened to heavy metal. Mm -hmm. So, like, I just read an article online the other day about, like, in, what is it, Calgary or Toronto? The police posted this bulletin. It was, like, how to see if your kid's a neo-Nazi. And it was, like, listens to loud rock music. <laughs> it was, like, so, like, what? Like, how is that, you know, if yeah. you enjoy ACDC, like, you're probably a Nazi. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, well that's what, that was the first feeling I had while reading these. I remember. I was, like, this just seems like they're trying to ascribe something. Back in our high school days when I was an emo scene kid, there was this news report. I can't remember where it was from, but um, they were talking about, like, emo kids and to make sure they look for cutting and all this stuff, which, you know, self-mutilation is its own problem, well, yeah. but, like, it's so funny, because, like, you watch, you watch the, uh, the sheriff talking about it, he's like, yeah, um, they wear their hair over one side of their face, you know, to kind of give themselves that half view of the world, you know? <laughs> and he's just, like, this fat guy who's, like, no idea what he's talking about, and, yeah. Not yeah, like idiot words. kids with terrible sense and fashion. Yeah. And, and it's, like, Columbine, like, they blamed the, yeah, the music when they were just it. psychopaths, yeah. like, yeah. Well, this one is actually kind of interesting. Um, so during during an early tw 2015 epidemic of suicide attempts by young people ages 12 to 24 on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, um, Slenderman was cited as an influence. And um, the, the president of the Sioux Tribe where that happened uh, noted that many American Native Americans traditionally believe in a suicide spirit that's like similar to Slenderman. Yeah, well, that's ways. what I was just going to say. I mean, that sounds like a classic case of, like, you mix, like, a culture based <laughs> on, like, retelling stories mm -hmm. to explain the world around you with, like, modern folklore. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah. And kids are just fucking weird. Like, yeah. they just do shit that's just crazy and weird. And, it, like, I have to say, if I was Native American and, like, lived on some poor-ass Indian reservation, you know. Wendy goes. Yeah, right. Like I feel like suicide is going to be a much more prevalent part of your community. You're surrounded by like squalor and alcoholism and drug addiction. Like just statistically, it's not a reflection on Native American people, but just you know, that's the unfortunate reality of reservation life. Um, Slenderman can be also found like reiterated in a lot of pop culture and stuff. I I I don't have a list, but um, I did watch the Supernatural episode that features Thin Man, which yeah. is super interesting about the the well, lore of yeah. Slender Man. And the, the one thing you didn't mention that for me was when I came back to, like, when I realized it originated from uh, something awful, what, like, 
when it was big to me was when it was right around the time that Amnesia came out, which is a video game that's yep. a survival horror game where you can't you, you have no defense, you just have to hide from the monsters mm -hmm. and it's all about like your sanity coming and going and you're trying to discover this mystery while you're chased by like immutable forces of doom. Mm -hmm. Um there also came out a Slender game Slenderman game that was similar where like you're like trying to get through the woods and not get finding all the notes. Yeah, by yeah, uh, Slenderman cool. and it was called I think the the what is it? Slenderman the eighth the eight pages, uh, and you cool. had to collect these eight pages before Slenderman got you. And so it was like uh, there was a bunch of games simultaneously that came out that were like this. And I was like, oh, so this is all from this this game. And then it was like, oh, I did like some research and it was went back to something awful. Yeah. Um, but you, you talked about it being another pop culture. The other game that simultaneously I was playing was Minecraft, and they added yeah, in it's the Enderman, which yeah. is like yep. this tall black uh, mob in the game that can teleport around and like move blocks and whatever and he's like not nearly as terrifying and like they're mostly just like annoying and shit but if you look at them then they start to chase you and they're super fast and they kill you really quick and they can be scary in a game that even looks like minecraft but uh yeah that was that both of those things were mentioned i just didn't make a list of it but yeah he, he pops up all over the place and yeah it's super interesting i think it's like there's also um it was a pretty famous web series it's like a found footage thing uh by marble hornets um it got like pretty good reviews i mean it's like a low budget but like pretty well done for found footage at least um slender man horror movie and they tried to make a full length but like it was shit but if you get a chance like it's, it's a very interesting thing to watch because like i got kind of sucked into it and even full well knowing that slender man doesn't exist it was like 3 a.m and i'm watching these videos and i'm getting all creeped out even yeah. like it, even though it's Something that was totally made up on a, a website forum. You but know? the idea of it. Yeah, that's yeah. the power of this stuff. That is, you know, it's it's meant to feed on our base fears. Yeah, and it yeah. seeps into the collective unconscious. You know what I mean? Like this idea, like it's a terrifying concept to anybody kidnapping children, especially somebody who's like supernatural and can't be killed or stopped or whatever. I mean, and it ties into the the idea of somebody like Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, like these these slasher characters in American slasher cinema where they have this element of the supernatural you know like they're an unkillable force that mm -hmm. like can't be reasoned or reckoned with and like you know we can't do anything it sort of taps into that like primal fear well you got the cropsy legend out of uh was it long island in new york yeah and cropsy and ended up being real well there was a guy who ended up doing those things in that area but he wasn't like the the create he wasn't the myth itself he just happened to be in that area and start doing those things so like it became real yeah. Just like it did with, with this case. And it's just, yeah. uh, you know, like those fears there's a, there's manifest a, sometimes. There's a French term for it that's like, I cannot, I can never remember what it is, but it basically means like mass delusion. Mm. And it's, you know, it refers to a bunch of different things, but it's sort of like when, you know, enough people believe something, like it becomes real. And then you operate under the basis that something that was fake is now real. Yeah. And like people act accordingly. And it's, you know, whether it's... There's a there's a cool Japanese movie called The Suicide Club. And it's about... in Like, it's basically all these teens start committing suicide, which for Japan is, like, pretty much like a Tuesday. But <laughs> um, they do it in such, like, mass quantities and in such, like, a systematic way that the cops are baffled and they're like, this is something more than some kind of suicide cult. And it, like... I, I, I watched the movie a long time ago and I was drunk, so I don't really remember <laughs> the ending, but basically, like, in part, it goes back to some girl band who are, like, sending out signals to all the fans to, like, kill themselves mm. and whatever. That, again, taps into this, like, real fear that, like, 
you know, our pop music, our pop culture, like mm-hmm. some part of our culture is going to be like sending nefarious signals to children so that yeah. they die or well, whatever. Uh, in the in a, the UK town Bridge End, um, there was this rash of suicides of young adults and teenagers, and they were all doing it by hanging, and nobody could really figure out why because it wasn't. You know, originally a very high suicide rate area, but then it became, like, a very high suicide rate. And then, like, you have things which, like, are legends in themselves and will probably end up being a legend one day, like, um, uh, was it the Blue Whale? Yeah. Which is, like... Another suicide cult. Yeah, which was in, um, uh, Russia. This guy was, like, pretty much this game, they play this game and they have people, like, they'd have like sponsors or coaches or whatever and like they tell them to do things like don't sleep continuously watch horror movies cut yourself do this and at the end of it they'd be like kill yourself and that's yeah. how you won the game and then people did yeah and like it was all propagated on social media to like young people that are like you know underage and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and it's like so that shit is real like those things do happen you know and it's like as much a part of our fiction as like a part of our reality and I think that's one of the things that again, makes like Slenderman both real and influential is that in the age of, you know, the internet and, and kids having access with, whether it's smartphones or computers or whatever, from like a super young age, you know, you're able to be exposed to these types of things and buy into stuff that like, when I was a kid, I was willing to believe a lot more shit. Like I'm, I'm a super skeptical guy now and I know that we all have different opinions on like the supernatural and ghosts and stuff like that. I don't bite, you know what I mean? But when I was a kid, I could see myself getting sucked into some weird psycho shit because I thought it was weird and dark and yeah. whatever. And then, like, probably not going to kill myself because somebody told me to because I'm naturally defiant. But, like, <laughs> you know, it's 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 a real thing. And um, Yeah, I mean, part of us wants to believe in this stuff. Yeah. You know, that, that simple fact that, like, you know, and, you know, we talk about on the podcast, like, there are real monsters in this world. There's serial killers. There's rapists, child molesters. But, like... Part of us wants that unknown, like, you know, monsters, like the Jersey Devil and the Loch Ness Monster, ghosts and demons and, you know, these things that, like, yeah, I used to blindly follow and, like, the older I get, the less, you know, the less um, starry-eyed about these things I get, but it's still part of me, like, when I first found out about Polybius, I was like, this is real. (laughs) This is so real. And then I did a little bit more digging. I'm like, this probably isn't real. Yeah. And, like, I remember... This is going to be so embarrassing for me to mention, but um, uh, Discovery, or I think it was Discovery was like, they posted these videos, they did this like mockumentary about mermaids, the body found, mm-hmm. and for like about an hour I was like all on the internet researching <laughs> all about this, I'm like, this is fucking real, I knew it, mermaids are real, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, just a fake show. Yeah, I I, always, <laughs> I, I think it's a, it's a... Uh, fine place to wrap up, but I like that of all the things that the mermaid myth comes from is sea manatees, which are not hot in any way, shape, or... Like, I know that, I like... I mean, subjective. Right, of course, you know, and... You're a drunken I mean, sailor, I mean... Right, and he holds a good hole. hole. Yeah. And it looks like a woman's vagina Yeah. There, so... No, 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 I hear that, I hear that, but I mean, you know, like, just not my cup of tea. Like, I'm not, like, going in the water thinking, like, that big old hunk of meat really has my name on it or it's gonna soon. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems... But you can't speak for everyone. No, I know. Like, there are chubby chasers. It's not my place to judge. <laughs> but I just, like... If I, like, I would think, like, a Mori eel would be... You don't go to the like aquarium and, fish, like, she and you go, yeah, yeah I'd fuck or that. Or, like, a sexy fish. Yeah, like you never know. going to the aquarium. I mean, none of it makes sense. Like, mermaids, they don't have genitals. What's the point? You know? Yeah. And you if they know. do, none of the art I've seen. Yeah, 
Maybe but I think it's a classic case of like you don't see a snake's dick, but like snakes got dick. Snakes lay eggs. Yeah, but the, the but the one does the lady part, the lady yeah. snake. But the other dude, he's got a pee. Wait, Alexa's having a realization that somehow the eggs need to be fertilized. <laughs> you good? Yeah, <coughs> yeah. All right, I think that's yeah. a goodest place as any two. And where Alexa figures out that uh, it takes two to tango. Yeah. In the end, we We live and we learn. Yeah. Did you know that a giraffe's natural gestation period is 14 years? That's not true. Think on it. No. I just thought you guys should know. Everybody should know. This has been a a great episode. Yeah, and I think next week we'll talk about the origin of seagulls. But, um, (laughs) yeah. So, uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back. Etc. Etc. We love you. We love you. Bye. I keep Bye. saying that, but I don't think that's. I don't. I don't love nobody. <laughs>